The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! Trying to get this posted. It's all right, we can listen to Mel. All right, I guess we'll just start the show. Okay. I can't even, I, I actually tried to sing that and nothing came out. <laughs> oh, Tom. Yeah. That's not good. All right, hi, how you guys? I got no monitor. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast, kind of. Uh, somebody help me. Hiya, Tom. Two guys, Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Wow, my voice is just gone. I was, I was, I was, I did a lot of yelling last night. Oh, no. There was a lot of yelling going on oh, in my boy. office last night. I just don't get it. Anyways. Um, hi, how you guys hey, doing yeah. over on the air? Hi, okay. everyone. Yeah. Hey, thanks for yeah. coming. Good night. <laughs> We've been on the whole time. Got a, got a, a, a jam-packed show. I got a bunch of topics I want to get to. I'm only going to get to one or two of them. Uh, but first, I want to thank our sponsors here on the Paying Attention podcast. Maybe my voice will actually like come as we're going. Uh, who are they? They are uh, Pleasant Valley Landscaping, our buddy Dave Id yeah. Consoli. David. AFC Urgent Care. We love Lisa Williams. And she's coming to the mayor's Christmas party, which is going to be great. She texted me and said, who's in charge of reserving the tables? And since nobody in the mayor's office has gotten back to me in the last 24 hours, I've taken on that task for myself. So I'm going to be in charge of the reserve tables. And we reserve, we reserve the table for um, TMF. Uh, thanks to Mike Tashi. Mike Tashi donated $1,000 to the mayor's Christmas party, 500 of which goes to our scholarship kit at the Bash this year. And with that $1,000, he gets a free table. And he said to me, Tom, uh, I'm going to be in New York that week. So um, why don't you give that table to the TMF kids that volunteer and help the homeless so that they can have a nice night? And they, yeah, like, like really nice. these are the kinds of people that I love to work with mm-hmm. because they're always trying to find a way to leverage what they're doing or what they give to help somebody else and then help someone, like a third party at the same time. And I love yeah. that. Um, who else? Clear Path for Veterans, New England, Tomo and Shaken Seafood. By the way, if you go to Tomo's, try the uh, kamikaze, the kamikaze roll. Oh, oh my God. Okay. I order two and I, I can barely finish the second one. But we'll sit there for two hours, and I'll, I'll like, make room for more, and then yeah. I'll order a third one if I can, because they're just that good. 
And they're not that okay. expensive either. Borelli's Deli, where I'm going to get my uh, hot sausages and my uh, butternut squash ravioli after the show. EIS, Investigation and Gun Training. Uh, thank, big thank you to Joe Solomon. You know, Joe Solomon, former uh, police chief in Methuen, gives us a lot of stuff for the homeless. And he always says, please don't thank me. And I couldn't figure out, like, why he always said that. Um, because he's always been kind of a public person. He's always like, please don't thank me. And then some, some really nasty person when I thanked him anyway on Facebook and listed the, like, $800 of stuff that he donated, that he didn't just, like, pull out of his closet. He went out and purchased stuff. They were all, like, still in the bag. So I thanked him on Facebook, and then some really disgusting person came on and said, he's a scumbag. He ripped off the taxpayers when he was a chief, and he's using taxpayers' money, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, you know what? Now I get it. Now I know why he doesn't want to be thanked publicly, because there's always these hateful people out there that don't really give a shit about the homeless, they don't give a shit about people who are less fortunate than them. They're just these sideline warriors that like to throw jabs at people in public, uh, out in public on social media. And so my response was like, this is about the homeless. And if you're going to shit on that, then that kind of says a lot about you. And I'm not going to mention the person's name, um, but if it happens again, I will mention the person's name. Mm-hmm. So thank you to Joe Solomon, EIS Investigation. Um, look, this is a guy that he left as the police chief of Methuen and could have moved out of state and and just was never heard from again. And instead, he's still living in Methuen, he's still local, and he's doing a lot of things behind the scenes to help the community the same way he did when he was chief. Now, like him or don't like him, you can't shit on that. You can't shit on it when somebody goes out and does something good. Because you know what happens? Here's what happens. You shit on that guy because you don't like him when he's doing something good. And then other people who are thinking about doing something good see that and go... Yeah, you know what? I was going to give, but not if it's going to be like this. And then you stop people from helping other people. And that's the real tragedy in, in what I saw this morning on Facebook. So that's just a little side note. I also want to thank uh, Ronnie Marsan, Marsan and Sun Construction, who did, and I missed it on Veterans Day, but once again, he went out and he did a free breakfast for the homeless on Veterans Day, um, for the veterans on Veterans Day um, at uh, Country Kitchen. I believe it was a Country Kitchen this year. Um, and any veteran that showed up on Veterans Day, and anybody, any person who showed up and said, I'm a veteran, he picked up the tab for them. And I was there last year when he did that, and the place was packed. He must have spent a lot of money. But he does it, and he never calls like the Tribune and says, hey, look at me. Look what I'm doing, like so many other people. He never calls me and says, hey, look at what I'm doing. Can you write a story? He just does it. And just like Joe and a lot of other people, whether you like them as a person or not, whether you like their public persona or not, you always have to thank people who are doing good things in the community because it inspires other people in the community to do good. That Joe Solomon post that I was talking about a few seconds ago, we already have three people on that thread who said, hey, I've got some blankets. Could you use some? That's why I do what I, that's why I posted on Facebook. It's, it's to thank the person who did it, yes, but it shows other people that, hey, look, someone gave and it inspires them to go, hey, maybe I'll give too. And that helps everybody. So please stop shitting on people who do good things. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I was meant to go on the other screen. All right, thank you. Surprising him with photos of himself mid-show. Right. Did, did that go on? Did everybody see that no, or just no, me? Just, oh, that was all right, just very good. Picture of me naked. Um, I also <laughs> want to thank Matt McLennan, McLennan Real Estate, Century 21. I am going to have him here in the next couple of weeks to talk about the housing market's doing some funny things. And he keeps telling us, don't worry. And we want to have, have him come in and see if maybe he wants to revise that a little bit. And also, Lazy River Products and Drake It. So those are our sponsors for today. Um, 
Oh, boy. So I got a couple things I want to talk about. I'm not even sure where I want to go first. Um, I, I think where we're going to go first is the Republicans. I woke up this morning. Now, the Republicans have taken the House. They've taken one-third of the Democrats' power away from them. Up until this election, the Democrats controlled the White House, the House of Representatives, and the Senate. Republicans took over the House of Representatives. The House of Representatives is in charge of money. Their job is to approve budgets, to approve spending. They, they do spending stuff. The Senate does other stuff we won't talk about today. So the Republicans took over the House, and during this campaign, and we talked about it a lot on this show, um, what did they campaign on? They campaigned on stopping the woke culture in our education. They campaigned on high gas prices. They campaigned on high grocery prices. They campaigned on the debacle at the border. That's why people voted for them, because that's what they campaigned on. But they haven't even taken power yet. They don't, they don't get sworn in until January. And I woke up this morning slash this afternoon, because it was like 12.15 when I woke up. And what's the first thing that I see? It's a live press conference of the Republican leadership in the House, the people who just took over. Haven't even been sworn in yet. They're not even in power yet. And they're having a press conference. Is that press conference about our gas prices? No. Was that, gas, was that uh, press conference about the debacle on the border and illegal immigration and the fact that 10 million people have come into this country in the last two years illegally and we just keep processing them and letting them come? No, wasn't about that. Was it about how much you're paying for groceries at the grocery store? Nope, wasn't about that. You know what it was about? Hunter Biden's laptop. And you want to know why people don't vote for Republicans. You want to know why Republicans could have run the table this year and didn't. Because they get in, they campaign promising you one thing. And then the minute they achieve power, they rip the rug out from underneath you and they go to all the inside baseball bullshit. Now, I'm not saying Hunter Biden's laptop shouldn't be investigated. Of course it should be investigated. The guy's a criminal. The guy was doing business with China illegally. The guy was involved with human traffickers. The guy, there was all kinds of stuff. And by the way, not just him. There's a lot of evidence that it does go up to the president. However... That's not what you campaigned on. How about get in there and your first press conference be about us, not about you? How about your first press conference be about the people you represent and not the inside baseball and getting, the, uh, getting revenge on the Democrats for what they, and rightfully so, like I agree, the Republicans have a right to be pissed off. For the last four, six years, we heard all kinds of ridiculous inside baseball bullshit from the Democrats. From Trump was a Russian spy, uh, all, with all this other stuff, all this inside baseball stuff that they care about. But you guys ran promising not to be that. You guys ran promising to put us first. And you're not even in yet. And your first priority is Hunter Biden embarrassing the president? There's no question they're going to impeach Joe Biden now. There's no question in my mind that by... By March or April of next year, there will be impeachment proceedings on Joe Biden, and maybe rightfully so. But can you do that later? Like, you got a full two years. Can you first spend the first couple of months trying to lower gas prices? Like, wouldn't that have been great if they had had a press conference this morning? That they're going to be meeting with the president and they're going to be putting forward some kind of legislation to help us with our grocery bills? Wouldn't that have been better? You build yourself a little credibility with the voters first? You put our priorities first and then go after Hunter Biden? But no, they can't help themselves. 
Both parties, they're creatures of Washington. They're creatures of the inside baseball. They only care about you at election time. They only care about you when you need something. And if you don't believe me, let me give you a little anecdote. Every single candidate that ran for office in the Merrimack Valley in a contested race came on this program over the last year. We did debates in at least four different races for state rep, one for state senate. And every single candidate when they were here, when we were off record, when we were off the air, I said to every, and Chrissy will attest to this, I said to every single candidate, can you guys do us a favor? Can you please think of the public after the polls close? Because these guys are all over social media when they want to vote. And then the minute the polls close, the second the polls close, they go dark on social media, and the rest of us spend election night going from Facebook page to Twitter page to LinkedIn page trying to find out who won. Because the minute they have your vote, they don't give a shit about you anymore. And we saw it at the local level because, you know what, on election night, even though, and I counted, it was over 22 candidates that I said, on election night, can you please post if you won or you lost? Can you please, even if you don't post the actual numbers, can you at least post, hey, thank you to our supporters, we won tonight? Or, hey, thank you to everybody that supported us, but we fell a little short, but I appreciate your vote. Can you at least do that? Every single candidate, from Joe Finn to Pavel Payano to Eunice Ziegler, every single one of them. And on election night this year, do you know how many of those 22 candidates posted on Facebook or or Twitter, whether they won or they lost? Zero. Not one of them. So this all goes back to what, what I started with, with the whole thing with them talking, the congressman talking about Hunter Biden today. They don't, the only time these politicians give a shit about you is when they want your vote. And that's it. And some of them seem like nice people. Some of them are even my friends. But I've got to tell you, they're single focused on themselves. Every one of them. They're all self-centered, selfish bastards. All of them. All of them. Even my friends. Because even my friends that I said on election day, I went and I took pictures of them holding signs. I'm not going to mention names. I'm not going to embarrass people individually because it's about all of them, not, not an individual person. But I was at the North Andover High School and I went to um, the Bruce School in Andover, and I also went to the high school in Haverhill and took pictures of candidates holding signs and said to them again on election day, hey, can you make sure you post your results tonight if you win or you lose? Tom, no problem, Tom. Tom, we got your back. And then on election night, I had to physically f- pick up the phone and call people, call candidates and their campaign managers to try and find out who won. And if you followed me on election night, you'll know that some of those election results I didn't get from the candidates until after 11 o'clock, even though they knew at 8.30. So let's get back to Washington. It's the same dynamic. These congressmen, these Republicans ran. And again, I'm a a conservative. I'm not anti-Republican even a little bit when it comes to policy. But the problem is they run on these policies that get people like me to want to vote for them and people like you to want to vote for them. And then when they get in, they're talking about Hunter Biden's laptop. They're talking about how they can screw the president instead of lowering our taxes. Or how about coming up with some kind of an education bill of rights to stop teachers from propagandizing in the classroom? How about, how about having a bill to stop critical race theory, the racist theory that, that, that white kids should feel guilty for what happened long before they were born? How about stuff like that? How about, I don't know, 
something to do with making our police department better. How about something like that? No, not the Republicans. Not, and I love Jim Jordan, but not Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan standing there this morning. His first priority is let's screw the president. Let's do to them what they did to us. And I understand that's human nature, but you're supposed to be better than that. You guys are supposed to be the leaders of this country. And we didn't elect you to go after Hunter Biden. I didn't hear one, one person running for Congress say that when they get elected, their first priority is to go after Hunter Biden. I didn't hear one. But boy, we found out real quick what their top priority really was, didn't we? Didn't we? It's a disgrace. By the way, the, the Democrats are 10 times worse. So if you're just tuning in and you've never actually heard the show before or seen the show before, and you think, oh, this guy must be a left-wing lunatic. No, I'm actually a right-wing lunatic. I'm further to the right, further to the right than most conservatives that you know. But let's also call it like it is. Like, let's just be honest about what's really going on here. Because it's all this sleight of hand. And, you know, it's kind of a slap in the face that they didn't even wait until they took power to talk about Hunter Biden's lap. They didn't even pretend after winning this election that you're their number one priority. They pretended all the way up until the second polls closed. Just like the local candidates who told you anything you wanted to hear, including, yep, we'll post our election results on Facebook. They told you whatever you wanted to hear until the second the polls closed. And then they're in charge again and screw the voters till we need another vote. Wow. Wow. Never in my life did I think I'd come in here and do a show like this when I started doing radio 30-something years ago or even when I started this podcast some five years ago. Crazy. And while we're talking about elected officials that break their campaign promises and don't do what they say, let's, let's come to a local level. Let's just make this the theme of the show. Now, most people know that I've got a little bit of a rift between me and Neil Perry. Rightfully so. I campaigned for the guy. I helped the guy. I gave the guy. I introduced him to my network of people, which is like the greatest favor I could ever do for anybody because I've got a great network of people. And then he got in. And he screwed us. He made a deal with Jim McCarty. Jim McCarty didn't want him coming on the show. And Jim McCarty went into his office, and I know this for a fact, with another counselor. I won't mention which Mike Samad that was. And walked into the mayor's office and said, we're voting against your budgets. We're voting against everything you want unless you stop doing Duggan's show. They leveraged the taxpayers to stop the mayor from doing a podcast because they don't like the podcast host. And they were going to hold the taxpayers hostage if the mayor didn't do what they wanted. So you know what the mayor did? Because he's Mr. Integrity, he capitulated. And he started his own podcast. And by the way, started his own newspaper too. Most people don't know that. And I haven't talked about it because I don't want anybody to read his stupid newspaper. But I bet most people didn't know that two years ago he started his own newspaper. Yeah, that's what he did. He fucked the Valley Patriot, he screwed me, he screwed you guys, and then he went out and he did it on his own. So most people know that Neil and I don't get along very well because of that. However, let's put all that aside for a second. He ran three years ago, and one of the reasons why I and a lot of people supported him three years ago was because he promised to stop the nepotism in City Hall. What's nepotism? Hiring someone's brother, hiring someone's son. You've got a friend that donated money to your campaign, so you give his wife a job. All that stuff was going on when Neil ran, and when he sat here and debated um, Jen Canan, he threw that at her several times. 
that when I get elected, I'm not going to be hiring people's friends and family. The fi- in fact, I think his line was, the friends and family plan is over in Methuen. I think that was his line. Well, here we are three years into the Perry administration. And guess what he did? He hired Jim McCarty's brother to be the epidemiologist for the city of Methuen. Now, I picked up the, when I heard about this, I thought, all right, before I jump on Facebook and jump all over the guy, because people know I don't like Neil Perry as a person. He, by the way, I think, he's not a de- I think he's a decent mayor. That's another whole topic. I can separate the two. But people know that I'm, that, that I'm, I'm still personally hurt by him betraying me and by him betraying Jane Adina Talley, too. I think I'm even more hurt about that than anything. So people are constantly feeding me stuff that maybe might not be true, but they want me to, they want me to just pop off on Facebook and, and throw a jab at the guy. So whenever someone gives me this kind of information, I'm always more diligent before I go on Facebook and I post anything because I know people can set me up to try and make me look like an idiot. So I made some phone calls. And what, some of the people that I spoke to were HR departments and other communities to see what are the, what are the qualifications for an epidemiologist in the city of Lawrence? What, what in Haverhill, what... what what do you guys require when you hire an epidemiologist for the city, for the, for the health department? What kind of qualifications are you looking for? And here's what I got from all of them. They either wanted a master's degree or a medical degree to hire an epidemiologist to work for the, for the city's health department. Not Methuen. Neil Perry dumped down the job qualifications to be, I think it was a master's preferred. In other words, if we get someone that we like that doesn't have a master's, we'll take them. And that's what they did. Neil Perry, at every single meeting, in fact, forget the meetings. On any given day, you can go on the city website and see a press release from Neil Perry as to who he hired this week. He hired a new police officer. The guy's name is Jim Smith. We really want to welcome him to the city. That's a regular routine thing that he does. But when he hired Jim McCarty's brother to be the city's epidemiologist, he didn't do that. Weird, huh? how he crows and crows and crows about his integrity when he's hiring somebody that he thinks makes him look good. But let's remember that Jim McCarty ran for state representative and Neil Perry endorsed him for state representative after three years of Jim McCarty calling him a crook at the council table. So let's look at the evolution of this. Neil gets elected and Jim McCarty and and some of the city councilors don't like me because, by the way, you want to know why they don't like me? Because I supported Neil Perry. The reason why Jim McCarty and Steve Saber and the rest of these clowns don't like me is because I helped Neil Perry. And then when he won, they went to him and tried to separate us because they knew if Neil Perry kept doing this show, Neil Perry would, just keep, would continue to just get reelected every time he ran. Because the guy does have a good story to tell. He is a decent mayor. He is doing some good things. And they wanted to hurt him. So they came after me. And they tried to separate us. And I remember Jim McCarty sitting at meeting after meeting after meeting, calling him a liar, calling him dishonest, mocking his integrity. And I'd come in here and I would defend Neil Perry. Until they made a deal. And now all of a sudden, from almost the minute Neil stopped doing this show, Jim McCarty sat at that council table and kissed his ass carried his water on every major initiative. He made it look good once in a while. He'd vote against a stop sign or he'd vote against something stupid. But on the stuff that counted, he was there for Neil Perry. 
And to pay him back, Neil Perry endorsed Jim McCarty for state rap. Even showed up at his house to do a fundraiser at a barbecue, and I assume met his family. Just a few short weeks after Jim McCarty loses that election for state rep, Methuen Mayor Neil Perry hires City Council Jim McCarty's brother to work for the city. Now look, I've never met Jim McCarty's brother. That guy might be the nicest guy in the world. He might be like nothing like his brother. Listen, I have siblings that are nothing like me. You don't want to judge them based on the stupid shit that I do in my life, right? So it's not about who, who Patrick McCarty is. He might be a nice guy. And maybe he'll do a good job. But, Mayor, you're the guy who campaigned, just like these Republicans, you're the guy that campaigned promising people to stop the nepotism. And I don't want to hear, because the excuse that he gave to his department heads was, well, I didn't know it was Jim McCarty's brother when I hired him. Really? I mean, do you really really think anybody believes that? Even people who like you don't believe that. And his other excuses, well, I didn't do the interviews. I had other people interview him and then put his name up. But when you saw the name McCarty, you knew it was his brother. The Bucky that stops with you or it doesn't. So now he's running for re-election. And the people of Methuen, you guys are in a real sticky situation. You have to vote for the guy. Who else is there that can do the job? Certainly none of these city councilors, who, by the way, I called several city councilors when I found out that Neil Perry gave a job to Jim McCarty's brother. And not one of them knew about it. However, two days later, there was a Methuen City Council meeting where they get to question the mayor. They have called the mayor's minutes. The mayor gets to talk about how wonderful he is, and they get to ask him questions about stuff. Not one of them said, hey, Mayor, can you explain to us why, you've, why you hired one of our colleagues' brother? Like, doesn't that just reek of nepotism? In fact, that's the definition of nepotism. Not one of them asked the question. Not one. You know why? Well, because what if it was their brother? They don't want anybody talking about that. So now Neil has just become everything that he campaigned against on that. On that. And by the way, you know how you can tell that Neil Perry has become the new Jim Jajuga. Do you know how you can tell? Look at the people on his campaign re-election team. There's only one guy left from his original campaign. Jane Adita Talley's gone. I'm gone. Mark What's-His-Name is gone. All the people that were in that first campaign, they're all gone. They want nothing to do with them. In fact, I don't even think Phil DiCologero's helping him this time around. And Phil helps everybody. That's how you know the guy's become a politician. He's just become the next Jim Jajuga. Is he as corrupt as Jim? No, well, Jim Jajuga had 35 years to get as corrupt as he is. But, Paul, you're on your way, Mayor. And believe me when I tell you, I would rather come in here and say good things about Neil. I would rather come in here and say good things about the mayor of Methuen because of the very fact that people know I don't like him. Because of the fact that people know I'm still hurt about what he did to us, to me, to you, and to Jana, and to all the other people who helped him, that he just stuck a knife in their back the minute it became politically advantageous. I would love to come in here and do positive things, because that makes me look good. It shows that I'm the objective guy here. But I can't do it on this one, because this is just horrible. And even if, even if we gave Neil the benefit of every doubt on this story, and 
He didn't really know. He didn't really. But once he got the, once he realized that, that this was Jim McCarty's brother, he should have gone in a different direction because it looks so horrible. You know, there's a reason why the conflict of interest laws specifically state that you can't have a conflict of interest or, and here's the exact wording, the appearance of a conflict of interest. Because oftentimes it's that appearance of conflict that kills you even when it's not a conflict. Let me ask you guys this. Let's just be objective for a minute. If Neil Perry, a year ago, when we were still talking, had hired Tom Duggan's brother to be the city's epidemiologist, and he didn't have a medical degree, and he didn't have a master's degree, you think those counselors at that city council meeting would have sat there and said nothing for four hours? Really? Do you really think Steve Saber wouldn't be screaming and, and yelling and pounding his fist about nepotism and favoritism and giving people jobs that aren't qualified because they supported you in the last election? Do you really think Jessica would have sat there and said nothing? And Jessica's my friend, by the way, but she still wouldn't have sat there and said nothing. Where was Joel Ferretra? Where are all these guys who pretend when the camera's on that they're there to hold the mayor accountable? They're not there to hold the mayor accountable. They're there to get favors from the mayor. That's what they're there for. And I'm sorry, I like some of them. Some of them I, th- I really think are my friend. But I got to call it the way that it is. Friend or foe. You guys ran promising to keep the mayor accountable. And now you're there and you're not holding the mayor accountable. What if it was Joe Solomon's brother? Let's go back two years. What if two years ago when Neil Perry got elected, he hired Joe Solomon's brother for a good city job? And please, by the way, don't tell me, well, he's on a, he's on a, um, uh, what was I told last night? He's on a grant and that job only lasts six months. Yeah, you know and I know that he's on a grant and it's only for six months, but you know and I know that at the end of that six months, they're going to find a way to move him into another position because that's how city politics works. Once your nose is in the door, Nobody ever loses their job. Nobody ever gets fired. Unless you piss off somebody political. If you piss off Steve Saber, you could lose your job. If you piss off Jim McCarty, you could lose your job. But otherwise, you could do pretty much anything that you want in Methuen, and you're not going to lose your job. And here's the sad thing about all of this, because it's kind of like a poop sandwich. I got to go on the one hand and then on the other hand, because there's two dynamics going on here. He is a decent mayor. He is doing some good things. I'm not saying he's a great mayor. Don't get me wrong here. But when you compare him to the city councilors that have all talked about running for mayor, Dave Beauregard, Steve Saber, uh, Jim McCarty, all these guys who are just waiting for Neil to step aside so they can be mayor, what have they done? What have they done? When you look at all of these people have any of them held the mayor accountable when it counted? Sure, when everyone hated Joe Solomon, they piled on the bandwagon. Everybody jumped on the bandwagon and everybody rode downhill because it was easy. The mayor was kicking the crap out of the chief. It was, he was very unpopular. So everybody jumped on the bandwagon and said, look, we're holding people accountable. Look how great we are. We're the best. But when it was hard, when it was difficult, when it was the brother of one of your colleagues, you guys had nothing to say. And there's not one of those nine counselors now that I'm convinced can actually do the job. I mean, do it honestly. 
So you got a guy who's doing a decent job, who is now a politician and giving political jobs for favors, versus people that will only give political jobs for favors. So you got to vote for Neil Perry. I mean, unless somebody comes out of the woodwork that we don't know about, that's not part of all these shenanigans, you got to support Neil Perry. Like, what else do you have? It's the lesser of the two evils. And please, don't get sucked in by his personality. He's very good at making you think he's a nice guy. He's not a nice guy. He's actually kind of a despicable human being. But he's done some great things with the budget. He's increased the bond rating for the city of Methuen. He's done some great things by mainstreaming some of the city departments. Yes, he has his shortcomings. We talk about them all the time. But he's not a bad mayor. He's just not a great mayor. And compared to what we have on the farm team looking at taking his job when he leaves, he might as well run for re-election and and you might as well vote for him. Because unless somebody comes out of the woodwork, you're going to go from him to Dave Beauregard? I mean, please. What did Dave Beauregard, by the way, nice kid, but what did he have to say about any of this? Not a thing. He's council president. You would think the council president would have something to say about somebody on his board getting their brother a job. And by the way, here's why that's wrong. It's not just wrong because it's the guy's brother. Because I've seen in Lawrence and in Haverhill and in Methuen in the past, somebody on a city council gets a family member a job, and then six months later they want to vote against something the mayor wants, and all of a sudden a whisper campaign starts that that guy's brother's job might be in jeopardy. And you know what happens that? You know what happens next? That council that wanted to vote against the mayor's proposal becomes the champion of the proposal because he doesn't want his family member to lose their job, rightfully so. Which is why it's unethical and maybe illegal. I don't, I don't know if it's illegal. I don't think it's illegal, but it should, sure as hell should be illegal if you're the mayor to hire a city council's immediate family member when that council is voting on all of your proposals. That's why it's illegal, or that's why it's unethical. And, I, and it should be illegal if it's not. By the way, you know what else is not illegal? I did a one-year investigation on Judy Scannell when she was a superintendent. And she and the police chief in Lawrence at the time, who was not Roy Vask, but the police chief in Lawrence at the time and Judy Scannell, I was seeing them at all these mayor's functions. So I go to Lawrence and the, mayor, and the chief in Lawrence at the time was at a function for the mayor at the time, which was Dan Rivera. And I go over to the chief and go, look, I'm not trying to break your balls here, but you can't be here. He signs your contract. You're at a political fundraiser to help him get reelected, and he signs your contract. It's a conflict of interest. And I used to say the same thing to Judy Scano, who was the superintendent in Methuen, who would show up at fundraisers for school board members who voted on her contract. And I would say to her, Judy, you can't be here. It's a conflict of interest. And every time I did, they would, they would tell me what I wanted to hear, and then I'd see them at the next fundraiser, and they didn't seem to care. So finally, I called the Office of Campaign and Political Finance. I called the Secretary of State's office and said, let me pick your brain for a minute. I'm a reporter. I work for the Valley Patriot. I've got a superintendent and a police chief and a couple of other department heads, a fire chief, who go to political functions and make donations to the mayor of their community or a superintendent to the school committee that votes on their contract. And I, when I was on the school board in Lawrence, that was a conflict of interest. Superintendent couldn't come to my fundraiser and give me a check. I'm going to vote on his job. So can you, can you tell am I wrong about this? Is this illegal? Here's what they told me. Here's the dirty little secret. 
It's not illegal. It used to be illegal. The legislature changed it. So now it's legal to buy jobs. How about that? Now it's legal to buy a promotion. How about that? So if I'm the DPW director in Haverhill, I'm just throwing this out. I don't know who the DPW director in Haverhill is, but I'm trying to keep this away from you guys thinking I'm talking about any specific person because I'm not. I'm talking overall. I'm talking big picture. If I'm the DPW director in Haverhill, if I'm the DPW director in Newton, and the mayor's coming up for re-election, and I know the mayor is not happy with me, but I show up at her fundraiser, and I, and I, and I drop a $1,000 donation, and I buy three tables, and I bring my family, how easy is it going to be for her to fire me when she wins? It's going to be real hard, isn't it? Or maybe I'm looking for a promotion. Maybe I'm looking for a better job. So I show up at the mayor's fundraiser, and I drop $1,000, and I bring my family, and each of them drop $1,000 too. How hard is it going to, how easy is it going to be to say no to me when I go for that promotion? It's now legal in Massachusetts to buy jobs. How about that? I bet you guys didn't know that. I bet you the legislature didn't send out a press release when they changed that law. So when I talk about Jim McCarty getting this job, I'm not saying he's, he, that the mayor broke the law. It should be against the law. But the dirty little secret is the legislature have dumbed down the laws so badly that now buying jobs is legal. So Jim McCarty can show up at the mayor's fundraiser last night and drop a check into a basket to thank him for hiring his brother. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. How about that? Isn't that interesting? Wow. If only we knew a state representative or a state senator that could do something about that. Oh, no, we don't. We know lots of state senators and state representatives. Some of them are my friends. But the last part of what I said was that we'll do something about that. They won't do anything about it. You know why? Because all of their friends are getting jobs. They're all sucking off the tit of government. So now you've got Jim McCarty's stepfather works for the DPW. He's the, like the head electrician or something. His uncle is on the fire department. And now his brother is the city's epidemiologist. And Councilor Steve Saber's son works for DPW as well. But there's no nepotism in Methuen. Just ask Neil Perry. He'll tell you. He'll give you every excuse in the world. Well, I didn't do the interview. He really was the best guy for a job. It's only a six-month job. Tom, it's on a grant. It's only a six-month job. It's no big deal. I'm so tired of hearing politicians tell me that when they do something wrong, it's no big deal. I'm tired of it being dismissed, whether it's Neil or anyone else. If Brian DePena pulled this shit, and he's my friend and I'm running a Christmas party for him, I'd come in here and I'd tell you about it. And I'd be calling city councils, asking them if they were okay with it. If Brian DePena turned around tomorrow and hired Mark LaPlante's brother to work in City Hall for a job that he's not qualified for, and if you think for a minute that I wouldn't talk about that, then you have not been paying attention. Because I absolutely would. I would first call the mayor and say, what are you doing? I would first quietly get him on the phone and tell him you need to fix this before I have to talk about it because that's what I do for my friends. I try to help them get ahead of things. I certainly would have called Neil if he would have ever taken my call, if we were still friends, when I, when I found out about the McCarty thing and said, hey, you need to get ahead of this. You need to find a way around this. If you want to help the kid, there's other ways to do it, but don't do it like this. It's going to make you look bad. But once they do it, I have to talk about it. That's my job. 
That's my job. My job is to hold these people accountable because the people who run for office promising you they're going to hold people accountable never do. They only do it when there's a bandwagon going on. When someone's really unpopular, like the police chief in Methuen, or at one point in Lawrence, it was, I can't remember the guy's name, the guy was the um, uh, personnel director, Frank Bonet, the personnel director in Lawrence. When he became really unpopular, it was real easy for people to jump on the bandwagon and go, look, we're holding people accountable. But when it counts, they don't. When it counts, they only care about themselves. And they're not going to say anything about their colleagues getting jobs for their families because they don't want anybody talking about them when they help to get their friend and family a job. So I guess that's the end of the show today. Time's up here, right? And what did I tell you at the beginning of the show? I had, yes. I had, I had a throwaway topic just in case. As you were speaking, I deleted that from the <laughs> right. Today, we are not talking about Elon Musk. Right. We today. never, we we never get to the throwaway topic. <laughs> we never get That's there. Okay. Because the 40 minutes just goes by so fast. Right, you can roll up Melvin Taylor. I want right. to thank Chrissy, my producer. Oh, you're welcome. I love your voice. Do you know that when I go back and I listen to the show, I only listen to the parts where you talk and that's it? There's not a lot of that, though. No, there isn't. It's like <laughs> the very beginning and the very end. Maybe we should start a new segment. Chrissy's turn Chrissy's, to talk. Yeah, let's give you like something that you can like want to show. You could just like bring up like a topic or something. You could even give me a topic. Like you could, if you give me like a little news story, I could read it out for you at the yeah. start of oh, every show. That would be so great. Just give me an, one of the stories from the paper and I can like just quickly, today's headlines, da 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 I'll yeah. read that for you. See, that'd be, we could do that. that that'd be great. See, then, then this show really would be for my own edification. Because right now I do it for you guys. I don't do really do it for me. I do it for you. But if we do that, then it would really, I'd be coming in for me at this point. There you'd never hear me say, why am I here ever again? Because well, I, you'd know I was. doing it. Then you'd know why I was here. <laughs> I love you so much. Oh, yeah. I better roll up Mel, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Roll up Mel. I want to thank, uh, who, who are we thanking? <laughs> I have no idea. Do they even want to be thanked after today's show? They probably don't want to be thanked at this point. We can do it. Wait, we could do this in my voice. We would like to thank Pleasant Valley Landscaping, mm-hmm. Dave Id Consoli, yes. great friend of the show. Yes. Uh, we want to say Lisa Williams, AFC Urgent Care. Yes. I'm doing this without a script, people, to sell it. Uh, Lazy River Products. Yes. We also want to thank Borelli's, where Tom is probably going after the show to get his special hot sausage and the uh, the butternut squash ravioli. That's correct. I'm getting good at this. Yes, you are. EIS Gun... Investigation and Gun Invest- Training. Oh, I was so close. Investigation and Gun Training. Uh, Matt. Our buddy Matt. Matt. McLennan, McLennan Real, Estate. Real Estate. Oh. Century 21. All right, you finish it then. And who did we leave out? I think we got everybody, right? We got and, everyone? And a free shout out to JG's Ice Cream. I knew I was going to do that. I'm like, wait. We I'm really gonna... like those guys. I don't, know. I don't know if I'm approved to give out free shout-outs, yeah, no, so you, I wasn't going to tell you. And, and plug, what are you doing this weekend? Plug yourself. Uh, tomorrow night, there's still tickets available. If y'all want to come out and see a great show in Drake It at Lenzies, uh, you have to go to, uh, what is that, eventbrite.com. The Adagio Big Band Sinatra Spectacular Night. I'll be singing along with three other amazing uh, vocalists. It's a great night. You have dinner and dancing. I believe it starts at about 7 o'clock. So, yeah, go on Eventbrite, look up Adagio, A-D-A-G-I-O. Or even, I think, if you type in Sinatra Spectacular, it'll come up. But it's sure to be a great night. We have, like, a 16-piece big band. It's awesome. I'm very excited. Do you sing as sexy as you talk? Apparently so. Uh, then I may, Apparently then I, better. I may have to be there then. The word smoky. They said you have this smoke on your voice when yeah. you sing. And I was like, all right. Very I go sexy. for that old jazzy style. So Very yeah. sexy voice. Look, I talked all the way through Mel started singing. Again. I know. I know. I know. Well, that's what I've got going on anyway. All right. Well, listen. Sounds like Melvin Taylor says you got to go home. Yeah, he did that before. So go home already. All right, let's go. The way you ride. 
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.